After having two guys finish one and two in the rookie of the year voting in 2022, who will be that next big prospect for the Atlanta Braves? We're going to give you our top five prospects in the system right now. And I have Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, joining me to go through that list on this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you, you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube of over 4,000 subscribers there. So I really appreciate all the support. Make sure if you're watching this video on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button as it does help the show a ton when you do that. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We are back this week, five days a week. So plenty of coverage leading up to spring training and then leading up into opening day as well. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you that it's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And really excited about today's episode. If you missed it last week, I gave my numbers six through 10 prospects in the Brave system based on upside. So today we're going to be going through the top five prospects in the system. And to help me do that, we're going to be bringing in Lindsay Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us to go through this list together. I know you're excited about this, uh, being a Braves fan as well. Yeah, I mean, of the 30 teams, the one I enjoy talking about the most is the Atlanta Braves because it is my team as well. So uh, very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And I, I gave Lindsay, you know, a, a copy of my list already ahead of time. And I gave him, you know, a list of what I went over last week. But I do just want to quickly go back and talk about how I put my list together because it's a little bit unique than what you'll see from some of the other lists. I do it strictly based on upside, you know, not factoring in health, but just if all of these players click, if everything clicks for these players based on what we know about them right now, what is their ceiling? What is their potential? And that's how I rank these players. So, Lindsay, I kind of just want to start there and go back through six through 10 and get some of your thoughts on this because I think there's some solid players here in the six through 10. Yeah, the Braves, you know, farm system ranks as one of the worst in baseball, but I still think they have some guys who can be solid big league contributors. I don't know that there's anybody in the system right now. You know, there's not a Michael Harris where you could say this guy's going to be an all star one day, you know. Even Spencer Strider wasn't as hyped as others, uh, but you know you could still see the potential there. I don't see that guy right now in this system, but I think there's going to be some solid contributors. And again, just to go back over it, I had Dylan Dodd at 10, Jared Schuster at 9, Adam Meyer at 8, Owen Murphy at 7, and J.R. Ritchie at 6. And I just want to say it again for Owen Murphy and J.R. Ritchie. If I was just basing this on who I think is going to contribute the most and has – you know, the highest floor, I'd probably have those guys ranked second and third. I think they're the safest bets out of the players in this top 10 to reach their ceiling as a mid-rotation starter. But that's what I had six through 10. Lindsay, your thoughts on uh, those rankings and some of those guys I got there. 
on the perspective of just solely off of upside, assuming they all make it, it makes a lot of sense to me. When you look at Dodd and Schuster, both of those guys are, yes, Schuster has the the, the plus curveball, but for the most part, their ceilings are kind of limited because of just a lack of, of additional power and velocity that kind of plays in the modern game. Despite being lefties, the fastballs are still a little underwhelming. So that makes sense. I do have a lot of faith in Adam Meyer as far as what the Braves can do for him. I'm curious about the internal brace. I haven't seen as many guys off of that as I have versus Tommy John. So I'm curious to see how that works out. But the combination of the slider, the changeup, and the two-seam fastball, intriguing to me. I like having him at eight versus nine and ten. And then the two prepsters, like you said, pretty safe bets. I like Murphy's stuff better than Richie's stuff. And so maybe a little quibble there. I do think the 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 control is kind of around the same. Maybe I would have had Murphy six and Richie seven, but it's kind of hard to argue those two. I like the way you did it. And it's just, it's been a refreshing for me to look at a different way of evaluating prospects. Because when I'm looking at it, I'm trying to look at the ceiling, but then also what's the likelihood that they make it? What's the variance in the projection? A lot of different things. And it's nice to just think, let's assume all these guys make it and then where are they going to go from there? So it's been a fun exercise and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're including me in the back half of this. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I did this last year and look, I'm not trying to, to toot my own horn here, but I had Michael Harris first and Spencer Strider second because, you know, I think everybody had Michael Harris first at that point, but for Strider, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people sleeping on him and the fact that again, if everything hit for him and what he did in the minors, he could carry over into the major leagues. I didn't really think he could do it with just two pitches, but he did. But, you know, that's just kind of how I like to look at it is if everything clicks for these guys, they could potentially be this. And I think the one thing you point out, and there's a lot of pitchers, obviously, for the Braves in the top 10. It's what they they go after and are kind of known for. But I, I think what you mentioned at the beginning is just so true for how we evaluate and look at prospects right now, pitching prospects in particular, if they're not sitting mid-90s, you almost have to hold them back a little bit in today's game unless there's just that, you know, high spin rate, you know, that kind of rides up in the zone, which is the type of pitcher the Braves, you know, like to go after and try to get. But it's almost like if you're low 90s, that kind of limits your ceiling in a little bit in today's game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it it's something where there's things you can do to kind of mitigate that somewhat. Like you said, fastballs up in the zone, you can work on extension and deception and things like that. But for the most part, if you can't just blow a fastball by somebody, you're going to hit a natural ceiling, usually around double a where your stuff just stops working. And so it, it does make it into a scenario for Dodd and Schuster where you have to figure out, can you increase the velocity on this? And we've seen some organizations, the Guardians are really good at, at this, at taking a college guy and getting some more velocity out of them. Uh, Jared Schuster in particular, I'm a little bit concerned there because so many of those Wake Forest guys, uh, they go through the Wake Forest biomechanical lab, which was really kind of the first non-MLB program to have one of those advanced biomechanical labs. And they do a lot of that optimization biomechanically and efficiency work and get extra velo and stuff out of guys and so I worry that he's going to struggle in particular to get more velo because those Wake Forest guys are so much polished I'd rather see something from a guy like a Florida you know University of Florida doesn't do a lot of that work and you can get more projection out of those guys and so that's my concern with Schuster that's why I'm perfectly fine with him being around nine or ten or so 
is you've got to have that extra velo. And some of these guys, you can see where they could get it. You can see where Dylan Dodd could get it. He can put some more projection there. Schuster, a little bit of a question about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, even J.R. Richie, you know, Murphy, while I put a ceiling of a, a mid-rotation starter on them, they are so young. It would not be surprising, you know, if there is a little bit more projection in them and they become, you know, more maybe more of a number two starter. Certainly mm-hmm. think they're, they're capable of doing that. All right, we talked a lot about pitchers. I want to get into some hitters because there's not a lot of hitters in this system that you hear a lot about. But I've got two in particular uh, that are going to be in my top five, spoiler alert, uh, that I, I want to discuss that I think have the potential of, of p- breaking out in 2023 as we get to see them in their first full season of hopefully uh, full full league at the, at the a single A level. So we'll talk about those here next. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. Of course, I'm talking about FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. We just got done with the Super Bowl. Now we're going to be turning our attention, at least we are here for sure, to Major League Baseball. So you want to get in get some of those prop bets on uh, the, the NL Cy Young. Is Spencer Strider going to get it? You, he's think he's fifth uh, had the fifth best odds on FanDuel last time I looked Max Free was right there as well so if you want to get in and place those bets you can do those over at FanDuel again make sure you use that link FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props plus you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Again, make sure you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Lindsay, let's jump into this top five here. I've teased it long enough. And coming in at number five, and this is one I'm still not sure about because we really haven't seen a lot of him, but I'm just going again based on pure projection if everything hits. And that's Ambioris Tavares. And we've heard a lot about him. It was the first big international signing the Braves made coming out of those restrictions. We still haven't seen him you know, at a full level at, at pro ball. Uh, still just 19 years old at the FCL level last year. 277, 304, 385 slash line in just 17 games. Again, we've, we've seen hardly anything of him. But, you know, all we hear is that, that he has that raw power, the bat can be special there's potential and certainly you can see it in the body type we just haven't seen it visually on the field yet so this is all just pure projection going based off what we think he can be yeah the 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 power potential is real the thing with Tavares when I watched just clips of some of those games is you can tell he hasn't had a ton of playing time and it's it's something where the reason I feel good about having him in the top five when you sent me the list I totally agreed because you can see easy places where the Braves can go in there and make improvements to the swing, to the stance, to the setup. It feels like biomechanically he's not really connected top half and lower half. And so he's he's not properly able to get that power into games. Uh, the, those 17 games, he had one home run and he had three walks to 28 strikeouts. Super small sample size, obviously. Don't worry about it. But it just felt like mechanically the swing, like he had holes in the swing because despite having the the good bat speed and you know good wrist action and arm action that biomechanically he just wasn't right and he he just needs more time but like you said the frame shows he should absolutely have plus power if not better and 
Questions on defense, I'm not sure if he's going to stick it short. I, he might have to move to third base based on the range. Kind of tough when you don't have a shift to help him out. We'll see what happens. But I do like the idea of having him in the top five just based solely off that power potential. Yeah, which is what you know the Braves are looking for. I mean, they've, they're very clear when you see their lineup today. They're looking for power. And I think that's somebody you know that they've targeted and they feel like they can grow into that. And while he may not stick it short, I think many people believe with the arm, he's at least going to stay on the left side of the infield, which I think, you know, gives him some power or gives him some uh, value. And then again, if he, he shows that power and becomes the type of hitter that many scouts think he will and thought he would when the Braves signed him, I think you're looking at a, you know, a middle of the order bat, maybe a, a fifth, sixth uh, type bat in the order. So, Again, not a lot of bats in this system that you can really get excited about at the moment. I probably could have put several other international signing prospects, you know, up in this list that if everything hits for them, that perhaps they get going. And just for those guys, would love to see a little bit of something. Um, but I, I went with MBORS Tavares just because he is the one getting closest to that full season level. All right. Number four is my personal favorite that I'm really falling in love with. And I hear it from a lot of other people as well that are starting to talk about Ignacio Nacho Alvarez. And you've been listening to the podcast this summer. You know, I do my Miners Monday segment and I talked about Alvarez. And I, I even I hinted then I said he's probably going to be in my top 10. I didn't think at the time he'd be in my top five. But here we are a fifth round pick last year. And I don't know about you, Lindsay, but when I saw the name come across, I'm scrambling as like many people were trying to figure out who is this guy? Like, where did he, he come from? And then I saw him play and just like the moment I put my eyes on him, I said, this guy looks like a hitter. Um, and you know, he had good numbers, obviously small sample size, but 287, 451, 394 slugging, obviously a little bit uh, low there, just one home run, but three doubles, two triples, eight stolen bases, 26 walks, to 15 strikeouts and again just going back and watching some of those games just a, a good feel for the zone already you know young player did play juco but still young just 19 turns 20 in april um but just looks like he has that good hit ability and you can see the potential for power to come there yeah this is one of those like shout out dana brown for the great scouting job that you did here uh, to find him, I've. It's very. It's it's always funny to me the first time when the draft airs on MLB Network when they name a guy that was picked and the folks on set have no idea who it was. <laughs> and this this was it for me. I didn't know him either. Yeah. Kind of went and talked to some folks out in California. Uh, very, like I said, very good plate recognition, uh, understanding what pitchers are trying to do. The the walks to strikeout ratio really stands out to me. I mean. A lot of prospects I'm looking at, we're we're hoping that they have half as many walks as they do strikeouts. He obviously has more. Uh, he feels, when you watch him swing, he feels like it's very twitchy. And I think that's why it's easy to project him as having plus power. You know, he's he's already six foot 190, but the hands, the 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 bat speed, he's he, he's a good athlete, which you'll notice a trend in this system is the Braves like to find good athletes. A lot of these pitchers were also hitters, were two-way players. And so uh, I feel good about the power potential. I have a little bit of question about his arm. And so I don't know if he's going to be able to stick at third or if he's going to have to move to second. I just don't quite know exactly how powerful and accurate it's going to be across the diamond as he moves up. But the hands are good. The instincts are good. Defensively, wherever he is, he's going to be an above-average or plus defender. I just worry about the arm maybe limiting him to the right side of the infield. 
Yeah, because I was I was a little surprised when he got to Augusta. They put him at shortstop, which again I yeah. think speaks to the fact that you know he is a, a good athlete. But I, I'll I'll back you up as much as I love him. In the game, couple of games I did watch in a small sample size, I did see a couple of questionable throws from him from the third third base spot uh, in some of the games I was watching. But to me, it's just when I when I watch him hit. He just kind of has that look as a guy that's going to hit. Like uh, there seems to be very few questions about that. And again, that that plate recognition. He just seems like he he's a guy that I don't worry about the hit tool as much. And like you said, I think the power has that potential as well to come along. So right now, he's my favorite bat in the system. I think there are some other potentially good bats, and we can talk about those later on. We talk about some of those outside the top ten. But for me right now, I look at those who are projectable and who we've at least been able to see a little bit. He's the guy that I'm I'm most excited about uh, from an offensive standpoint. All right, go, moving to number three. This is somebody we haven't seen anything of at this point, and he was drafted two drafts ago, and that's Spencer Schwellenbach, two-way player. As you mentioned, the Braves, you know, looking for those those athletes. Two-way player coming out of Nebraska, second round pick in 2021. Um, you know list you know list three plus pitches coming out of nebraska fastball in the mid 90s low 80s slider uh mid 80s change up you know you come out of of college with that you know he's used mostly as a reliever at nebraska um had a elbow injury in high school then obviously had tommy john after the braves drafted him so that's why we didn't see him last year um or after he was drafted in 2021 so big year for him obviously coming to 2023 but it's going to be his season coming off of Tommy John. How much can you really expect? But many believe the ceiling for him is very high, and the Braves, you know, are trying to obviously work him in as a starter. But what type of potential do you see for Spencer Swellenbach? Because, you know, we haven't seen him in two years, but what we did see before the injury, what we saw at Nebraska, was a guy with, you know, potentially three-plus pitches. Yeah, it's – the. F- the velocity getting back to that, you know, he could run it up 99 close to hundred with the fastball. And when you go back and you watch some of his stuff in, at Nebraska, he would be playing shortstop. And then when he jogged back out for the ninth, he would just jog to the mound and just start pumping 99. And it's incredibly impressive. And that kind of speaks to, he's a very good athlete. And when you watch the delivery, the delivery was a very easy and smooth delivery. It wasn't quite, bruised all gratterall like he's just casually playing catch but it was it wasn't high effort and so it makes you comfortable with the quality of the fastball um i do think that the the changeup is definitely something where uh that's probably going to be the the differentiator there i the slider and the changeup kind of were around the same speed and Yes, you've got that 10 miles an hour or so a difference, but I think if you can get either the slider to be a little bit harder or the change to be a little bit softer, that's really going to kind of unlock the next level performance because that gives you three different movements and three different speeds. Uh, And that's going to be key that. And then his stamina, like you said, he was a, he was a reliever in college. Uh, Yes, he played shortstop and then went to the mound, but not the same as going out and doing the same thing for five or six innings. So uh, one, it's does the does the velocity come back from TJ? And then two, can he improve those secondaries? Three, can he get the stamina to go deeper in the games? If he can do those things, I think number three is the perfect place for him. And it kind of feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of feels like the Spencer Strider starter <laughs> kid a little bit here with, you know, yeah, he's got a great fastball and a ton of spin on a slider, a great athlete. And uh, yeah, has a changeup that's okay, but could be better. I mean, it's kind of right there. 
Yeah, that that SS combination, like you were talking about before we started recording. I mean, Spencer Schwellenbach, Spencer Strider. Hey, let's let's keep going after it those, those guys. It writes itself. It writes yeah. itself. Absolutely, would love to see that happen. All right, well, we got into our top two here, which, as you may have guessed, it with the Brave system, they're going to be two pitchers and two pitchers that I'm really, really excited about that I think could be top of the rotation, guys. Someday, we'll get into those here next. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try Built Bar. Lindsay, I know you're familiar with the Built Bars. We just got through the holidays. If you still got your uh, New Year's tradition going, then all the power to you. Mine is out the window. But one thing I'm trying to do better of is eat healthier, and Built Bars are certainly helping do that. You got to try Built Bars today. Not only are they covered in 100% real chocolate, but Take a look at the macros, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about how you can go to built.com and order you some, which you can still do. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. You go to Walmart, you can get yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. I'm going with that cookies and cream right there. And if you go to Sam's Club, you can get yourself a 13-bar box with flavors like brownie batter and, and churro as well. So go, to, go, go get to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, get you a box of Built Bars today, and you can thank me later. All right, Lindsay, we've made it here. The top two in the Braves farm system. And to me, personally, I think these are the clear top two based on upside. And again, it's two guys we haven't seen a lot of. And maybe that's why we're still so excited about them. But at number two is Cole Phillips, a recent draft pick out of the last draft and was taken after Owen Murphy and J.R. Ritchie, but a guy that, if healthy, probably goes ahead of those guys and maybe goes in the top half of the first round six three two hundred you know already a really solid frame right there it's the fastball which you know some evaluators have graded as a 70 fastball touching triple digits potential plus slider and change up did have the tommy john in april which you know hurt his draft stock but i think Lindsay, you know based on everything we've heard and just again the the, the size the body Top of the rotation type of ceiling for me if everything clicks. Yeah, it's it, it's a good three-pitch mix. It is fastball slider change. And before anybody screams into their phone while they're driving, Spencer Strider, it's a different kind of slider. It's not the gyro slider. It's that traditional uh, two-plane break, you know, three-quarter down. Uh, I like the movement on the slider from the film that I watch. It's a lot of really sharp kind of late movement and it's something where it it makes it hard for a hitter to square it up and so the fastball works really well up works really well down which not all fastballs work well lower in the zone the slider good the the change up just like a lot of prepsters he didn't really use it a lot when he did throw it it was mid to upper 80s you still have that 10 mile an hour separation but again it kind of hangs out around where that slider is so it's one of your things I think you should probably do is work on separating those as well. But uh, good pitches. I think the changeup is probably going to be the limiting factor if he ends up not being anything more than a number three or so. It's going to be how far does that changeup develop? Again, prepsters don't use them a lot. They're usually the last pitch to come around. They're not as effective as some other options. But uh, I do like the mix. I do like the body. And I do like what the fastball and slider can do already or provided what they could do when he was healthy. The question is going to be, uh, when do we see him and does he come back from TJ? 
Yeah, and hopefully we get to see him, you know, later this year. It may just be at a complex league, but, you know, for at least to come back out and kind of shake off some of that rust, it's really going to be 2024 before we get a good idea of what he's going to look like. But again, you know, three potential plus pitches, like you said, if that changeup comes along. So, I mean, I just think with that fastball, again, we've talked about it in today's game, it's really what you got to have to be a top of the rotation arm. So that's why I just think the ceiling is so high for him. And, and then number go ahead sorry so, so, something else on, on him too is i do think his command is really good for a prepster not not something a lot of those those prep pitchers have especially when they're just like a fastball slayer guy but very good command and control and so that the extension's really good and the delivery is is smooth and so i'm confident that he's going to keep that control uh provided he comes back healthy and it's just a matter of incrementally improving the first two pitches and then developing the changeup and control kinds of lead us, leads us into our number one here because for me, I think that is the last big hurdle for him. I shouldn't say last. He needs more innings and he needs more times. But A.J. smith Shaver, seventh-round pick for the Braves in 2021. Braves went over slot four because there was just that raw talent and ability there that, you know, if they could turn him, you know, get their hands on him and do some of that, have some of that magic they've had with others, you could see him being a top-of-the-rotation guy and – you know, we got to see a good bit of him in 2022, almost 70 innings worth. Uh, 5'11 ERA certainly sticks out when you're talking about a number one player in a team's, you know, prospect rankings, but you can kind of put that aside. 103 strikeouts in those 68 and two-thirds innings shows the potential upside that he has, but a 5.1 walk for nine, you know, really, again, that command kind of holding him back. But another guy, you know, can touch upper 90s but sits you know more so mid 90s the arm side run on his fastball is really what stood out to me and going back and watching him change up slider as well in the games that I watched I really liked the slider I thought it was a good pitch for him but still you know a very raw talent but I think a lot of upside and potential as well and his season ended early last year and we never really found out why or, or maybe you have some inside info there but uh, left one of his starts later in the year kind of early and then just never uh, came back and never heard anything from the team on it. But again, to me, I think he's pretty clearly number one in this system right now. And I've seen a lot of other people have him at the top, but I just think the ceiling is there for top of the rotation potential if everything clicks. Yeah. C kind of addressing the end of season thing. From what I understand, he was coming up on a, all right, we're kind of wanting to, to end the innings, had a little something tweaked, didn't quite feel right. They said, we're just going to shut it down. No worries there. Uh, he is healthy. From what I understand, he should be fine for spring training and everything. Uh, the, for me, the big reason why I have him number one is the stuff is so good. But some of the the inconsistency with the command, it feels like it's pretty, not, not easy, but it's pretty obvious when you watch kind of what's keeping him his control back. So his delivery itself is, he's not directly going to home. And I'm going to reference back to Spencer Strider. If you like the notable thing from Spencer Strider is when he gets that third strike, he does the little pirouette on his plant foot because he's, he's upright and he has a solid base and he's completely vertical energy gathered to the plate. And when you watch uh, Smith Shaver, he he's kind of coming across his body with the delivery and then he falls off to, to the first base side. Mm -hmm. And it's something where his delivery biomechanically, he just, he's, he's not synced up again, upper half to lower half. And he has that extra lateral movement. 
And I think that's what's holding the command and the control back from being uh, at least average, if not better. And so it feels like something that you get them some time in a biomechanics lab, which they have one at spring training now. Uh, it's something that you can fix. He just needs reps with the new tweaked delivery to get the muscle memory in and to keep it. But once you do that, I think the slider, I love how it just darts underneath the bat. It's really short and like late, hard dive. And that's the kind of thing that confounds a hitter, especially when it comes out of the exact same slot and the exact same tunnel as a very good fastball that has horizontal movement. And so you've got the horizontal, you've got the vertical, the velocity is fantastic. It's a fantastic package. And it this is the Spencer Strider starter kit. Uh, but it it's just, it's very easy things that we can see. It's just a matter of getting them fixed. Yeah. And he can, and I'm, and I think he can get there and you're making me feel smart because uh, when I, because obviously you know a lot more about the mechanics and all this than I do, but when I was watching him, Justin Verlander popped into my head and I'm not trying to put that label on him, but just kind of the build and the movement and Verlander's taller than him anyway. But I went back and did a side-by-side and everything is pretty much synced in the same until you get to that plant foot and mm-hmm. Smith Shaver is falling off towards that first base side. Whereas you can, you know, clearly see it Verlander, you know, straight to the plate. Um, and I, and I tweeted it out and you know, I said, everything, you know, pretty much syncs up here, but you can see right at the end where he's fallen off to that first base side. And I said, fix that probably going to fix a lot of your command issues as well. So yep. uh, I'm glad you said that you're making me, making me feel a little bit smart, but I think, you know, if he gets that, I mean, the stuff just looks so good when you watch it, it just, it, it jumps out to you for sure. I, I genuinely think the fastball and the slider can both be 70 grade. Like, like that, that's the, the fastball has, like you said, fantastic movement, uh, you know, run in something that's going to give a lot of hitters fits the slider, that late movement. It's kind of hard to, unless you, until you face it, it's kind of hard to, to appreciate what late vertical movement can do. And it's something where the later the movement is, the harder obviously it is for the batter to react and the less contact you're going to allow. And look at Spencer Strider's uh, slider. That's a gyro slider, but it's a perfect example of that kind of late movement that just darts under a bat. That's what the slider has. And it's, it's really hard to, to, to teach that late movement. He already has it. You just have to get him to throw it for a strike. And it's all, it all comes down to that plant foot. And it feels like it's a small thing to, to people listening and you and me. But in the grand scheme of things, that's the difference between him and Justin Verlander right now is what can you do once the plant foot touches through the end of the delivery. Yep. So looking forward, I'm, I'm hopefully he is going to be healthy and good to go for 2023. We'd like to see him, you know, continue to increase that innings limit. Um, but certainly excited about his season and what he could be. All right. So that's my, my top 10. Now I gave some honorable mentions last week. I talked about Drake Baldwin, David McCabe, Kevin Kilpatrick, uh, the international bats, you know, Diego Benitez, Luis Guanipa, who they just signed, uh, Douglas Glaude, Brandon Mosquita, Giardo Quintero. You know, those are some guys who, they're still so young. They're unknown, like a lot of these players in the Braves system right now, but guys that you know wouldn't surprise me if they made some big jumps in 2023. So, Lindsay, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Who are some other guys you know, that we haven't really talked about? And I don't know that I prepped you for this, so sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. But who are some other guys in this system that perhaps you're, you're excited about you could see maybe jumping to the top ten uh, or maybe even the top five? Who knows what the way this Braves system is? You could jump spots very quickly. Uh, but who are some other names that you like? So a guy that stood out to me when I did my farm preview about a month ago, go check out Lockdown B Prospects on 
on YouTube and where your podcasts are to, to find it. But Caden Morton stood out to me for the quality of the defense. The actual statistics, he's got some strikeout issues, 139 strikeouts in 107 games in low A. But uh, he's insanely athletic. The arm is one of the best outfield arms in this entire system. Uh, the, the walk rate hovers around 13 to 15%. But the strikeout rate again was about thirty percent. So you have some 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 contact issues. If you can work that out, you have somebody who you know put up thirty extra base hits. And again, very good speed, very good arm, very good defense, which gives you a high floor. You just have to get that contact issue worked out there. So I like that. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out I really do like uh, reliever Blake Burkhalter. Uh, second rounder supplemental out of Auburn. War Eagle. Um, fastball cutter guy. Uh, learned the cutter from former Braves pitcher Tim Hudson. Uh, the Braves said they were going to use him as a starter. I do think if he stays as a reliever, he's going to move to the, through the system rather quickly. The fastball runs up to about 98 or so. The cutter sits high 80s to low 90s. Not a ton of movement on it, but just a straight power profile can overpower guys. Do so have to kind of work on some sort of third option that's not, you know, you have the cutter, you have different versions of a fastball, but do think he'll be a fast mover as a reliever in college in 46 innings, walked a grand total of seven guys, which is just kind of absurd. Uh, I think he led the SEC in, in saves. So those two guys kind of stood out to me. And then the breakout that I named in that was actually Ignacio Alvarez. So that worked out really well that nice. we talked about him in your top five already. Yeah, no, I, he's a name, uh, you know, her, from you i've heard it from you know baseball america i've heard it from a lot of people around the industry you know it's a, a guy that a lot of people are excited about so um uh, you know looking forward to him you know he got like i said got up to augusta we'll see how quickly they move him this year but certainly you know you can see the maturity at the plate and somebody to get really excited about all right well that'll do it for our top 10 that'll do it for this episode of lockdown braves thank you for making lockdown braves your first listen of every day now go make your second listen Locked on MLB prospects where host Lindsey Crosby is talking about the biggest and brightest stars of tomorrow. Lindsey, thank you so much for joining the show and doing this with me. A lot of fun. And again, thank you for listening for this episode of Locked on Braves. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Locked on underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstop of all. Also, make sure that you rate, review and subscribe to the Locked on Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 